Welcome to Grace, everybody. Thanks for joining us, and uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for kind of stopping in the course of your busy day and uh, either listening to the service or watching it in your family room or on your phone. I think it's so important that we stay connected to each other, and so thank you for making that a priority. Uh, we started a series uh, last week that we call Regardless of Circumstances, and we've been talking about or started to talk about as Christ followers, how do we like conduct ourselves in the middle of all the madness and the disruption that we're living in? Uh, when you look at COVID-19 and you see kind of the ups and downs and the ups and downs with it, school's going to start, now it's not, now it is, now it got paused and work and home and everything how do I, as a Christ follower, anchor myself, what Paul calls stand firm, anchor up, so that I'm not blown and tossed by the wind through all of this? So if you're watching this and you're a follower of Jesus, this is the truth that God's going to give to us that we're going to walk through. If you're not a follower of Jesus yet, uh, this is a truth that's offered to you. If you're looking for something, if your life's kind of blown up right now and you're trying to get your head around it, or you're looking for a little bit of hope because things feel so dark, uh, Christ loves you. He's madly in love with you. He wants to know you. He wants to walk with you. And he wants to invite you into the type of things that we're talking together about as a church family. So we started the conversation last week. If you weren't able to be a part of it yet, maybe hop online, use the app, uh, catch up with that, the podcast, it's all right there, and, uh, and fill in some of those blanks. At the end of, uh, of our conversation last weekend, I said kind of this to us. I said, guys, we're going to have to decide, right? We're going to have to decide who we're going to be and what we're going to accomplish during these times uh, the idea that it's kind of going to blow over and we're going to go back to normal, I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to linger for a while. And I don't think any of us really know what the new normal is going to be. So in the middle of that storm, we're going to have to decide, am I going to give myself to the work of the Lord? Am I going to stand firm and anchor up? Or am I going to kind of hunker down and try to ride it out? And of course, I encourage you, as the Apostle Paul does, and we're going to see this weekend that the Apostle Peter does, to go for it, right? Look at ways that God can use us during this time. Look at these great doors of effective work that are open to us and ask God to, to show you these doors and to lock into these doors and then give you the wisdom and the courage to step through them. Now, how do you do that? How do we turn to Christ and turn to each other as Christ followers during this time? And what does it look like? So I want to talk about that during this conversation. Uh, if you got a Bible, grab it or open up an app or a window on your computer. And let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. And we're going to camp in 1 Peter chapter 2. And we're going to hang out around verses 4 and 5, and then verse 9 a little bit. And I want to show you a metaphor that God uses when he's talking about his people. And I want to talk about how that metaphor can play out in real time 
in our lives today. And I want to give you some really practical, some real tangible handles and steps that you can take to, to move into this. Okay, so 1 Peter chapter 2, let's look at it a little bit. The, the Apostle Peter, he says this in verse 4 of chapter 2. He's talking to those of us who are Christ followers at this point. And he says, as you come to him, the him is Jesus. As you come to him, the living stone rejected by human beings, but chosen by God and precious to him. So Peter uses this, this metaphor, this analogy, and he talks about Jesus metaphorically as a living stone. As you kind of expand that conversation, that metaphor, uh, we often will call Jesus the cornerstone. So when you think about kind of old-timey construction, uh, what, the, what the craftsmen would do is they would find the biggest and the strongest and kind of the most perfect stone, and they would set that down as the marker for everything else. And then the rest of the house or the rest of the building was built off of that corner stone. So Peter is leaning into that idea and he's saying, when we come to Christ, he's the cornerstone, but he's alive, right? He's a living stone. He's powerful. He's active. He's involved with us. He was rejected by humans. So he was crucified. He was falsely accused. He was thrown away, but chosen by God and is precious to him. He was chosen by his father to be the cornerstone specifically of the church. So Jesus is the cornerstone of the church. He's the measuring point of the church. He is the one that the whole church is built off of. And human beings rejected him. They didn't believe him. They threw him away. They crucified him. The Jewish leadership did that. The Romans did that. People even do that today. They reject who Christ is. But he was chosen by the Father God, and he was given to us, and he's the anchor point. He's the focal point, the building point off of which everything else is created for his people, his called out ones, the church. So Peter starts to lean into this, and he says, guys, I want you to understand this. When, when you came to Christ, this living stone, this cornerstone, even though he was rejected by humans, God chose him and locked him into place. And then he says this. He says, I want you to understand something about yourself. When you come to Christ, you also, like stones, are being built into a spiritual house. You also, like stones, are being built into a spiritual house. So like Jesus... You now are a, a, a living stone. He's the cornerstone. Everything revolves around Jesus. But as we become followers of Jesus Christ, then we become a part of the church. And we now are living stones that the master craftsman, God, is creating a spiritual house for himself. He's building the spiritual entity of the church and we are being built around the person of Jesus. We're not the focal point of the church. Christ is the focal point of the church, but we are a part of the church. We're being built into this spiritual house, this house which is going to proclaim Christ, 
this house which is the ambassador of Christ. We're the light of the world, like Jesus was the light of the world. We're the city on the hill that can't be hidden. We're the light that you don't put under a bushel. All these different metaphors that Jesus would use and even others would use throughout the scripture, that's you and I. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you believe that, that he is the author of salvation, that he is the one who forgives you of your sins, if you've committed your life and put your life under his leadership, then the Bible says you're one of these stones being built into the spiritual house, being a part of the church, okay? Now, Peter does something fascinating then. After he kind of lays out this metaphor, he's like, yeah, there's a cornerstone, there's a living stone, there's Jesus, he's the, the rock of it all. Once you become a follower of Jesus, you kind of join him in that construction project and you're being placed and built into this living house, the church. He gives us a little bit of a, of a, of a rationale of why, why this is happening. So he says, this is who you are. You're being built into the spiritual house. And then he goes on and he says this, you're doing that to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ, okay? So let's think about the people who would have been hearing this letter for the first time. These are ancient Jewish people mostly who changed teams. They went from Judaism to Christianity, but they would have been very familiar, whether they had a Jewish background or even a non-Jewish background in this area of the world, they would have been very familiar with the temple that's in Jerusalem, and they would have thought, if I want to have my sins forgiven, if I want to have any kind of spiritual direction, if I want to hear from God, if I want to interact with God, I need to go to this physical building in order for that to happen. And so that's why the temple was holy and it was sacred and it, was, it, it itself is almost worshipped in those ideas because that was the place that they believed that God resided. And then the, the priest would do the ministry of God. They would offer the sacrifices for the forgiveness of sin. They would teach the Torah. They would teach you about God. They were your conduit to God. Peter, in this statement, he's standing all of that kind of on its ear a little bit. And he's saying, no, it's the, the spiritual house is no longer the temple. That's not where God resides. The spiritual house is being built around the person of Jesus Christ. It's not a physical thing. It's a spiritual house. And by the way, you're a part of it as a follower of Jesus Christ. So as the church is being created spiritually, this house is being built up. And the spiritual work and workers of this house are now you. You are being a holy priesthood. You are offering the spiritual sacrifices. And that is acceptable to God because of what Jesus Christ has done in your life. In fact, he kind of takes it uh, into a, a, another step where he clarifies it even more when you drop down to verse 9 of the same chapter 2. He says this again to these Christ followers and to us through scripture. He says, you are a chosen people, 
a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who call you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. So he, he moves it even further and he says, guys, it's not the priest alone that declare the praises of God. They do it, but it's not them alone. It used to be just them, but now it's you. It's not the temple where, where God resides. Now, later on in the Bible or different places in the Bible, the Bible says, now I am, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. God resides in me, not over there. It's not a physical house. It's a spiritual house. And we do the ministry. We are the chosen people. We are the priesthood. We are the holy nation. We are God's possession bought at a price through Jesus's blood so that we can do this work. It's not just the priest in the temple. It's us, the church, that declare these praises to the world around us and then also speak these into each other's lives, right? So it's a mind-boggling process. If, if you're a, a, a part of the early church, you've never heard anything like this before, right? And we'll talk about this at Grace a lot. This is why we'll say a lot like, yeah, we don't go to church, we are the church, right? Uh, this is where being a part of the church, even in this, this COVID-19 era, this is why we're able to like talk via screens and we don't have to be in physical contact with each other all the time because we, we would say, well, we have a spiritual bond. We want to have a physical bond as things open up. We want to get back with each other, of course, but we have this spiritual bond and this cannot be severed because we are living stones We've been mortared together, so to say, with Christ and with each other. And we do ministry. We worship together. We build into each other's lives. We pray for, we reach the world around us as a spiritual house, not simply as a physical location. Now, this, this teaching is a big deal because when Peter laid this out, when people got their head around this, and even when you and I kind of get our head around this right now, it really helps the rest of like the stuff that's said in the New Testament about God's people and even the Old Testament make sense of why and how we can help each other and push each other spiritually. So if you kind of take that context and that screen, and then you look at verses like uh, Proverbs 27, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Well, suddenly in that context, you can look and say, oh, that, that makes sense. If I'm a royal priest and you're a royal priest, then we can speak truth into each other's lives. If I'm a part of the holy nation and you're a part of the holy nation, and that's why God formed us together into a spiritual house, well, we can help each other to worship. See, we can lean into each other. Uh, you take another passage like Ephesians chapter five, uh, where Paul says, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. We can do this to one another. We don't, we don't have to go and, and take a pilgrimage to the temple in Jerusalem. 
Uh, we don't have to have the high priest stand before us and organize all of the choirs. We can do this with each other because I'm a priest, you're a priest, and we're a part of a spiritual house. Uh, you can look at the book of Hebrews chapter 10. Or again, Paul says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So Paul says, right, we can push each other spiritually. We can encourage each other. Now we should meet together, but we don't have to meet in Jerusalem in the temple. Uh, we, we can meet on, at the Bath Campus, at Montrose, or at Gent Road. We can even meet on your phone or in your family room or on your laptop. We can meet together this way because we have a spiritual bond. Don't give up that meeting, Paul says, because you need each other. But we don't have to get a jet plane to the Middle East and we don't need to fly in the, the superstar priest, the Holy Spirit of God allows us to interact back and forth with each other. Why? Because we are a spiritual house, because God has formed us, and it is the nature of who the church is. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then it becomes a part of the nature of who you are. Right? Now that truth and that teaching has enormous ramifications for the way that our world functions today. When one of the most difficult things that we do is gather a crowd, right? We're kind of used to that. You want to go to a football game, you get your buddies and you go to the game. Well, we're not allowed to do that right now. You want to go to a concert, favorite groups coming into town, Rascal Flats coming into town, you get your buddies, and you go to the concert. We're, we're not allowed to do that right now. And then some of us have these health concerns, of course, right? I would love to come to the church because we're allowed to gather in church and hundreds and hundreds of us are gathering in church. It's a lot of fun. But you might say, but my parents are elderly or I have an issue that I'm concerned about or all of these very legitimate, very real reasons. And suddenly like gathering has a, has a yellow flag to it that it wouldn't have had before. But here's the power of what Christ does as he builds a spiritual house, the church. He looks at us and says, guys, it doesn't really matter right now how you gather. Two or three can gather in my name and I will be there because this is a spiritual house. We don't have to make the pilgrimage. As long as we're committed to building the spiritual house, encouraging one another, singing songs and hymns with each other, iron sharpening iron, spurring one another on the good deeds. As long as we're, as we're willing to do that, that gathering can look very different than it would normally look. It can even look differently than we really want it to look as long as the priesthood is interacting, loving, pushing, helping each other grow closer to Christ and do the work that he has called us to do. The question becomes then, 
during this time is the priesthood, everybody who's a follower of Jesus is a royal priest, is the priesthood going to do that? Are we going to run to each other and spur one another on toward Christ? That's the question. Are we going to be the spiritual house? The physical stuff is up in the air. It's probably going to stay up in the air for probably at least the rest of the school year. But that doesn't really stop the wonder and the power of the church. And the difference between us surviving COVID-19 and us, the spiritual house, thriving during COVID-19 is how we approach our roles as spiritual priests in each other's lives. There's a scenario where we survive COVID-19, the restrictions are lifted, the mask order goes away, everybody feels safe again, and Grace Church goes to gather physically all together again, and we are greatly depleted because we all drifted away from each other. There's an alternative scenario where Grace Church remembers that we are a spiritual house, not a physical one. That our buildings are literally simply shelter from the weather. They're practical functions of where we live and how we live. But our lifeblood is that we're a spiritual body. We're a collection of living stones. There's an alternative scenario where we run to each other, build into each other, gather each other. And when COVID-19 lifts and we're able to gather together, we gather together larger, stronger, more dynamic than we have ever been before because we functioned as a spiritual house built with living stones instead of a meeting that's scheduled by a holy man that meets in a holy building that we're having trouble getting to right now. And leaning into our identity as the spiritual house is a massive factor for us to come through this time. And what's crazy about the way God designed it, as we run to each other individually and in groups when two or three gather and meet together, we will come out of that not segmented and divided. We'll actually come out of it more unified than we've ever been before because we've acted on our citizenship, we've acted on our identity, and we're, we've acted on who God has called his chosen people to be. Now, this is where I want to get a little bit practical with you, okay? And, I, and I'm going to ask you to dial in. I don't, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, I often am cleaning the kitchen while I'm listening to a sermon. So if you're cleaning, if you're running, if you're watching, if you're watching on a large screen while emailing on a small screen, give me 10 minutes here, okay? And let's severely dial in to what I'm about ready to say. Because I think we have some fundamental decisions to make as a church family 
And a church is the sum total of its individual parts. We are individual stones that are formed into a house. So I want to have this conversation together, and I want to be sure that we're dialed into it, okay? How can we do this? How can we come out of this era stronger than we went into it, even while we're working against the current of being together and we're separated. How do we do this, okay? Here is super practical. Here's the first thing I would say. Number one, choose to be a living stone instead of a rock. Choose to be a living stone instead of a, a rock. A stone unattached to a house is just a rock. Stones don't magically morph into walls. They don't magically morph into a house. Somewhere a decision has to be made. And guys, I get that we are separated and we feel isolated. And when we feel isolated, our minds dial into kind of whatever our minds want to dial into. So in order for us to thrive through this time as a living house, you have to decide to be a living stone. That when you realize I'm separated from my brothers and sisters in Christ, I'm separated from my church family. By the way, I didn't say you're separated from a podcast, and I didn't say that you're separated from a religious broadcast. It is easier today to get information about Jesus electronically than it's ever been before. That's not a church. That's great teaching. It can be wonderful stuff. It's not a church. The people who know you, who love you, who know and love your children, who know and love your parents, who have walked through needs with you, a pastor and pastors who understand you and will give their time and their effort freely to you. That is the living house of a local church. We have to decide that we're going to be a part of that living house and in this circumstance, the living house called Grace Church, the Bath Campus. Because we can be a rock in a field all by ourselves getting whatever information we want to get. But the power of the church will not be evident in our lives. If you're not attached to the living house, you're just a rock. You're not the living stone, see, that God wants us to be. He wants to build us and join us together. And you're going to have to make that decision. It's not just going to kind of happen. You're going to have to choose to do the intentional relational work of staying and being connected with your church family. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to come to services, if you're not ready yet or you have health issues or all the things we talked about a couple minutes ago, this isn't you all have to get your, yourselves back into this auditorium. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we've got to be in relationships with each other. And you have to make the decision that I am somehow going to be in a relationship with each other. I've told you in the past how important this is in my life. I'm a, I'm a very busy person just like you. Heidi and I have a big family just like you. My Heidi works and I work, so we're a two-working family just like many of you are. 
I don't have time for a lot of relationships. If I'm not careful, I can become a rock in a field. And I made a decision with a few of my friends about probably three or four years ago now that we were determined to be a part of each other's lives. And we set up a time, it's the most inconvenient time on planet Earth, but we're all fathers, we all have big jobs, and we all don't have a lot of time. We get together about eight o'clock on a, usually a Tuesday night, and we're usually together until one or two o'clock in the morning, and then most of us get up at six or seven and go to work again the next day. But we all, first of all, we love each other, we trust each other, and it's so important to us to be a part of that priesthood for each other. We speak into each other's lives, we pray for each other, we challenge each other, but we have to make the decision to do it. It's never going to happen naturally. We, we never bump into each other. We hardly ever run into each other. We have to make that point in order to have that relationship. That's what I'm talking about. You can't be a rock. You got to choose to be a living stone. And you're going to have to make the decision to, to do, do some avenue of spiritual interaction. I have a piece of paper printed out and, and this link will come up for you on, on the website and you'll see it. But I asked our teams, I said, would you just like lay out for me all of the groups and all of the opportunities that we already have going on at Grace Church? We have over 50 life groups. They literally meet every day of the week except Saturday. They're all over the place and they all are willing for you to be a part of it. They'd be excited about it. We have, I couldn't even count, tons of Bible studies. Bible studies in the morning, Bible studies in the evening, Bible studies just for men, Bible studies just for women. We have tons of connect groups, sports groups, marriage group, recovery groups. We have resources of books. You could get a few buddies and just read some, a book together. And we have these books laid out for you on our website. If you're not sure what book to use, like, well, grab this one. Have coffee, meet by, room, by, by Zoom or meet in your living room and just spur one another on to love and good deeds. We have all kinds of resources here laid out as ideas. They're not even ours. Watch The Chosen together. It's a great series that's on the internet. Watch The Bible Project together. But get together with two or three, right? Get your group and stay connected and build into each other's lives. Get together and watch the weekend services and then jump on Zoom and talk about the weekend services. Or if you feel comfortable having a few people over to your house, invite, make breakfast and crash at each other's houses and connect with each other. But don't be a rock. Out there by yourself, see, you'll be lifeless. Act as the living stone God has created you to be. Here's the second thing. You got to choose to build a spiritual house. That's the gathering point. You've got to decide that you're going to get together and you've got to decide that you're going to have real relationships. I'm not talking about getting together and doing fantasy football, right? 
that's fun. My whole family does it. Heidi's brother and all the cousins. We got on a Zoom the other day and we did our draft. It's a lot of fun to do it. But I'm talking about a spiritual house, a house that has spiritual vitality to it where you're praying for your three, you're meeting with your two, you're, you're going through, a, read a book of the Bible together, read a book that's a devotional book, watch a series like I just talked about, where something spiritual is happening. We need spiritual relationships and spiritual health during this time. We need to be priests to each other. And those relationships need to have some level of depth, Right? We're not always good at this. And I, I tell you something, I, talk, I want to talk directly to guys for a minute. Guys, we're especially bad at having deep relationships, right? And we'll look at, say, that guy's my best friend. What do you talk with him about? We talk about the Browns, and we talk about the Buckeyes, and we talk about... And I would challenge you this way. If you're having the conversations with your best friend that you could have with a stranger and they're at the same depth. Because I can sit down beside somebody on an airplane and I can talk about the Buckeyes in depth. I can sit down with somebody on an airplane and I can talk about what I do for a living in depth. That's not a spiritual house. If I'm never talking about what the Lord's teaching me, if I'm never talking about the part of the scripture that maybe I heard through a sermon or maybe I read on my own or maybe I picked up in a book, if I'm never wrestling with the heart and mind of God and I'm not sharing that with anybody, then I'm not building, I'm not building a spiritual house, right? So I want you guys to choose to be a, choose to be a living stone and then I want you to, to choose to build a spiritual house. That's what's missing. And that's what God empowers. And that's where the Bible says, if just a couple of you get together, God will show up at that meeting too. He'll join you there. And something neat will happen as you pray together, as you talk together, even as you just share what you learn in the Bible. Here's the last thing I would say. Actually meet together. Actually meet together. Paul's so strong on this in Hebrews. He says, don't give up the meeting of yourselves, with, the gathering of yourselves with each other. We got to be together, right? This isn't you go your way and I'll go my way and we all read the same popular book and maybe we talk about it sometime. This is a meeting together. What do I mean by meet together? Ready? I mean a time and place on the calendar. A time and place on the calendar. We are going to go to the life group on Tuesdays. My buddies, we're going, we're going to meet. It's on the calendar. Well, I'll meet you at 8 o'clock, and we will hang out because we want to be together and build a spiritual house. I'll meet you on Zoom. I don't care if it's Zoom or in the living room. I'll meet you on Zoom. I'll meet you in person. Let's all go to church together. Let's go out, and while the kids are at Merge or they're in one of their kids' programs, we're going to grab coffee and we're going to talk about the things of the Lord or we're going to read a book together, okay? So you're scheduling a meeting and it's a priority that's held to. It's not thinking deeper and maybe I'll bump into my buddy, but we're going to make it happen and we're going to make it work because we are the people of God and because God has called us to join together.
we want to help with this if we can. I want us to be a part of this as a church. We tried to make this as simple as one, two, three, and this will come up on your screens. So we said this, it, it, to be the house, to navigate these times, to stay united as a church, to stay anchored in the Lord, okay? One, two, three. Number one, commit to meet. Commit to meet with your two, or two or more are gathered together. God is in that place. So we want you to meet with your two. And we want you to, we would love for you to let us know that you're doing that. Or if you look and say, I need that list of resources, or I'm going to go to the group. Can you guys like steer me with that? I want you to text. I want you to text join to 75787. It's all on the screen there. Join to 75787. Text that. We will put all of that information in your hands. So you don't have to go scouring everywhere for it. If you need our help, if you don't need our help, that's fine. But if you need our help, we'll get this list of stuff and these times and these opportunities in front of you. But choose to meet, gather, decide, right? So we want you to do that. We want you to pray. We want you to pray for your three and meet with your two and decide that you're going to connect with each other. Here's the second thing. Choose your biblical content. That's that list of stuff that I showed you, okay? And, and we've laid out a bunch of that. That is not the only good stuff. You can pick whatever you want to pick. You're grownups. But this is just the stuff we laid out in case you needed the help with it or if you wanted a shortcut to something, okay? So choose that biblical content. It's a spiritual house that we're building Social relationships are fantastic. I love those too. But these deeper relationships are life-altering. I desperately need that. And I'm going to have to connect with it. So I'm going to connect. I'm going to meet with my two. I'm going to choose the biblical content. And then finally, I just say, set up your time to meet. If it's not on the calendar, it will never happen. You know that. I know that. We'll talk about it. We'll mean to. We'll have great intentions. We'll never get around to it. When you're competing with everything else that's going on, so set up that time to meet, lock into that, and make sure that you're meeting with your two on a regular basis. I would say every week, every other week is probably the rhythm that you want. So much of this stuff is set up already, guys. It's just thinking about it, right? Going to go to Tuesday morning men's Bible study. By the way, that's an example. Half the guys show up live, half the guys zoom in, and we talk over Zoom as we're all together. Uh, we're going to get together, and we're going to watch the live stream, uh, and we're going to invite some friends over. We feel kind of safe with them, and et cetera, and then we're going to talk about it, and then we're going to pray together. We're going to pray for our three as we meet with our two, right? It's just simple stuff. It just has to be intentional stuff, and we have to decide that it's going to become the priorities that we lock into during this time. This COVID-19 and the disruption that it's caused to Grace Church, I'll be honest with you, it actually doesn't scare me. It doesn't. It frustrates me sometimes, I'll be honest with you. It doesn't scare me because I know what the church actually is, right? That the church is built by Christ, the church is you and me. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And it is fun to be in the room. 
It, it, as folks have come back to live services, a lot of that's fun. It's life-giving. One day when we all feel safe and open, it'll be great to fill up things for a concert and stuff and be together. It's a wonderful celebration. Ready? But it's not necessary for us to be the church. It doesn't matter if we're on Zoom. It doesn't matter if we're in the room. It, it matters that we're praying with our three for our three and we're meeting with our two. It matters that we're together. And that's what I want. I want you guys to do that, okay? So this is what I'm asking. I want you to stop right now, right? Everybody, quit washing the dishes and look at me. <laughs> right now, this number's up on your screen. Text that number right now. Please do that. And join in on that, right? When you get that information, that make a commitment in your heart. I want to make a deal with you right now. Let's make a commitment in our heart. The minute that that information comes back to you, interact with it right then. Don't put it off. Interact with it right then. And choose the pathway you're going to take. This, the spiritual part that you're going to put in. And right now, right now, I don't even care if you pause this message, but right now, decide who is my two going to be. And that two can be 10, but who am I going to meet with? And let's start right now setting that meeting up. This is, this is so important. And God will meet you there and he will bless you. And because he blesses you, we will bless the world around us. And we will have a hope that they will long for and that Christ invites them into. And we will be the spiritual house that Jesus created us to be, all right? Please do that now and act on it immediately. Jesus, work in us, motivate us, help us, remind us, draw us to you and then to each other. We want our light to shine bright through these difficult times. Thank you that you're willing to empower us to do that. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.